podcast, every week I'll share leadership thoughts, books I'm reading, or tools I'm using to teach leadership skills. I believe everyone has influence. Every family, school, church, city, country is determined by its capacity for effective leadership. So let's jump in. Well, hello and welcome to the Leadership Podcast. I am Charlie McMahon, and I'm glad to have you with us today on uh, the renewal and here in the fall of our Leadership Podcast, in which we talk about, I talk about what what I'm thinking through right now. What um, what are the leadership thoughts flowing through my mind? And I want to begin this segment by. Uh, sharing with you a series we're in at Southbrook and reminding you of these implications upon your leadership. Right now, we're in a series called Becoming Myself. It's rooted in Soren Kierkegaard's statement, and now with God's help, I shall become myself. We really do see the process of growth into uh who God made us to be as a reclaiming of this original vision that God had for each of us as people, as leaders. So the image in scripture is that we are this tainted work of art that has been defamed and defaced and now is in the process of restoration. So the series that we're in right now is introducing to many people, not to all because it's a pretty well-known tool, a, um, a personality analysis tool that is rooted back into the fourth century, dates back to the desert fathers in our Christian faith, been used by other faith traditions. It's called the Enneagram, which is uh, from N-A meaning nine, the uh, nine types. And uh, it deals with nine personality types. We launched it last weekend at Southbrook. I'm going to be dealing with it the next three weekends. And I want to make an application to leadership in this segment of the Leadership Podcast. Now, as a quick review of the Enneagram, I'm going to walk through these nine types. But what I want to do right now is for you as a leader, set aside what makes the Enneagram different from Myers-Briggs. What, is, what makes it different from the DISC? What makes it different from so many other personality tests? And here it is. The Enneagram is rooted in a Christian tradition that understood that our barrier to becoming ourselves is this entity called sin. Sin means missing the mark. And it's not necessarily what we do. It's an entity. It's like a virus that we're all born with. We all have parts of us that will go south very quickly. The, the uniqueness of the Enneagram, as Richard War says it, is it forces you to deal with your devils. Anyone who has led for five minutes knows the most difficult person to lead is the self. There's no one you'll ever lead more difficult than yourself. There's no one more critical that you lead than yourself. You have to lead yourself well first. Self-leadership is the first step of leadership. And uh, the Enneagram to me is powerful because it introduces that not only do we have these incredible strengths, and that's great, but it forces us to deal with in, indigenous to every type 
are these weaknesses, are these favorite sins. If you want to hear a more complete analysis of this, go to southbrook.org and listen to Nancy Beach's talk on this this past weekend at Southbrook, and you can get that talk. It's part one of the series, Becoming Myself. Let me walk through these, and they're then commensurate sin that is associated with these types. Type one is what is called the reformer, and the reformer is our beloved perfectionists, the rational, idealistic types, very principled, very purposeful, very self-controlled. And again, they have these ideal perfectionistic tendencies. Um, we we uh, all know people who lean into, wait a minute, this is not fair. This should be a fair world. This should be a perfect world. And... Um, The sin of the reformer is anger. They're angry because the world isn't what it should be. When a a one is unhealthy, they manifest this subtle, colorless, odorless gas of, of anger in the world. Type two is the helper. This is the caring interpersonal type. Uh, Very demonstrative, very generous, very people-pleasing, and can be possessive. Um, And the sin, the favorite sin of the helper is pride. Pride being, I set the standard of what it means to love. Nobody reaches my standard. And uh, I, I sort of set the bar and uh, a story that Nancy told this past weekend was no one will love me as well as I love others. And there's a, there's a deep pride in that. Number three is the achiever, the success-oriented, pragmatic individual, um, very adaptive, which is a strength, certainly has a dark side, uh, loves to excel, very driven, and very image conscious. Uh, this this person can be a chameleon, and uh, that makes them very adaptable, but the pet sin of the achiever is deceit, image management, because they can so easily play the political game to fit in and to get people's approval. Number four is the individualist. This is the sensitive, uh, very withdrawn type. The individualist is... Noted by their expressiveness, they can be dramatic, they are the, the romantic, self-absorbed, and they can be very temperamental. They have a desire to be unique, and as a result, their pet sin is envy, meaning they, they want to be so unique, they envy what other people have in their uniqueness. Number five is the investigator. This is the very intense, cerebral individual, very perceptive, tends to be very innovative, uh, secretive, and can be isolated. This is a person who is your thinking, uh, very deep thinking individual. Their pet sin can be greed. Not greed of money necessarily, but greed of thought, greed of time. They're very, very protective of their time because they love to live within their own head in isolation. A lot of fives are introverts. Number six is the loyalist. This is the committed, security-oriented type person. Um, Very responsible, but can be very anxious and suspicious. They live their life in, in 
the boundaries, the borderlines of their pet sin, which is fear. Live a very fear-based life, can be very, very insecure. Uh, Number seven is the enthusiast. This is the party lover, busy, fun-loving type, very spontaneous, very versatile, uh, but also can be very scattered and easily distracted, uh, may have a difficult time focusing, but boy, are they fun to be around. Their pet sin can be gluttony, not gluttony of food necessarily, but just never can get enough. They, 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 they do distinctly have this fear of missing out, fear of missing out, and so they have a difficult time focusing. Eight is the challenger. And this is the powerful, dominating type person, very self-confident, very decisive, very willful. Their pet sin can be lust, not necessarily sexual lust, but a lust of, of power and of control. That's their pet sin is control. And the ninth type is the peacemaker. This is the easygoing, self-effacing type individual. They tend to be very receptive Um, very compatible, reassuring, very agreeable. Uh, Their sin can be that they are agreeable to the extent that they're complacent. And this is why their pet sin can actually be sloth. They're not active enough in in their uh, delegation of life and their decision-making. Now, that's a quick run through these Enneagram types. If you... Uh, want to go further with that, we are recommending a book in this series called the uh, a book by Ian Cron called The Road Back to You. That's a simple, it's a sim- not simple, it's a very usable book for this process. Here's why we recommend it. Think about this with you. Uh, when I discovered that I was a three, I'm the achiever, I'm very strong in the three, uh, when th- that was great, but then when you see that the weaknesses of the three are they can be deceitful, they can be image managing. It was embarrassing. It was it's it's like I don't I mean the worst thing in this era that a that a church leader could be would be deceitful, and I had to wrestle with that. This is what sets the enneagram apart. Strengths finders, Myers Briggs, DISC, etc. They do focus on our strengths, which we need to know. The Enneagram allows you to lean into some of those strengths for sure. But what separates it is it makes you deal with the devil in you. It forces you to wrestle with your shadow side. And I think many of us would agree that our greatest obstacle to leadership is not other people. It's our shadow side. When we're acting out of a place of unhealth, that's when we do damage. The more gifted we are, the more pronounced our damage can be. The more the shrapnel of our ill health meets the lives of others. And so, as you think about yourself today, if you take the next step into understanding what your primary type is. And then in the Enneagram, there are what called wings. Wings are those types then associated with you. Uh, As you delve more deeply into this, 
we want you to make sure you know that unless there's discomfort, you're probably not dealing with your type. Unless you have to wrestle with the devil in you, you are probably not locating your type. And remember, you know, there's a verse in, in, the, in the book of Genesis in which uh, Esau is told, sin is crouching at your door and desires to have you. That always beneath the level of the surface, under the, under the waterline, are these, are these shadow sides to us. I, I had to deal with this in regard to, the, to my particular type because I know that outside of Christ making me secure, I would live my life to please people. I would live for approval and I would live for trophies so that I could affirm myself. And I had to deal with that. I could live a life of just skimming the surface. I remember one time a guy told me, this is probably 20, I was 20, 25, 26 years ago. He said, man, you're shallow. And I was so, I was like, oh, are you kidding me? But you know what the truth was? I was. I could just kind of, I could talk about football all day if you let me. But I had to deal with that. And now people will tell me, boy, you're, you're, you seem to be so authentic. I don't know about that. I do know I live in fear of being deceitful. I, I probably err on the side of TMI publicly because I, I have a fear of being a fake. I've, I, I'm so appalled by church leaders who are fakes and I have a fear of that. And I also know I could go there so easily. I'm not so sure that the remedy for any of us getting to health is a fear of our dark side, our shadow side. But I will say a healthy respect for the damage our dark side can do is one of the unbelievable benefits of this tool called the Enneagram. So I encourage you to go deeper. Grab the road back to you. Listen to it. Use it as a guide. Uh, make sure you know that the goal of this tool is that you might love well in your leadership and that the barrier to your loving well is your shadow side. Until next time on the Leadership Podcast, this is Charlie McMahon. Thanks for listening. Tune in every week as we continue learning and growing in faith, in life, and leadership. And if this has been helpful to you, subscribe and spread the word. And I will talk to you next week.